another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone! Dea, Tea, Dara, Tea. Your vital essence, the Dark Crystal. Kida, Kida. Come, come, see for yourself. Aru, Garu. How very interesting. Dea, Tea. I feel the song of Thra in my heart. Now go, you heroes of Thra. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode as we talk about all things Dark Crystal, and especially last year was such a big year for the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, a Netflix series that came out, and this is just me for just this episode. I um, was fortunate enough to interview Warwick Brownlow Pike. So his passion for performing began when he was just two years old. Inspired by Jim Henson's work, he has always known that it was his destiny to work with puppets. He currently performs his original character Gonga on Sesame Street in a segment that he created for the show. He has worked as a puppeteer and content creator for the BBC for the past 13 years, creating characters and developing shows that he would then go on to perform in. He is Joby in the BAFTA winning Get Well Soon with Dr. Raj and was the lead performer for the Sesame Street Workshop CBB's co-production The Furchester Hotel as well as a main UK Muppet performer for their most recent movie Muppets The Most Wanted. He ventured outside children's TV on the BBC Three show Mongrels, as well as working for the Jim Henson Company on that puppet game show. Currently, he is also performing his original character Dodge, the dog, daily on the CBeebies channel. 2020 celebrates Dodge being on air for 10 years. Most recently, Warwick has been an assistant puppet captain on Netflix and Henson's The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. As well as performing the Chamberlain and Deet's father, Lathan, he got to perform and voice the red-haired paladin and Skeksis' male podling servant. So, Warwick, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Must have been pretty much an incredible year, you know, for, for yourself, like, you know, with your puppeteering, with your background, you know, you've... You've done a lot of puppeteering many years, you know, you know, and, and more recently, you know, as Gonga from Sesame Street and then being the, the Chamberlain, uh, Skeksil, the Chamberlain for the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So um, it must have been a pretty sort of surreal sort of experience, like, you know, working on a show like the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Yeah, it certainly was. And I think it's an experience that none of us could ever see happening. We didn't think that would that a show of that scale would ever happen to us. <laughs> that, that was the thing. Like it was kind of shocking. Like w- when it was first announced back in uh, back in 2017 that we we're going to get like this 10 episodes of Dark Crystal on Netflix. It was um uh, yeah again just yeah, it was just so surreal and just and the end result you know with the show was just really incredible. Just so much was happening in every episode and just had so much joy and just so much, you know, enjoyed every episode of the show. Yeah. I mean, you know, just a while, maybe about a year before we started the show, before I'd even heard that the show was going to be a thing, I was listening to an interview with Kathy Mullen, who, as you know, was Kira on the movie. And, and, and she was saying that um, 
when they made the movie, like after they made the movie, they were saying this is a one in a lifetime thing. This can't happen again. And and I mean, really, it, nobody thought that it could happen again on such a grand scale. Yeah, because I mean, like you know, with the film being just just being all puppets, and I guess just the the technical challenges, I guess back in you know back in the days, you know, in the in the eighties, trying to make a film like, exactly of that nature, like the Dark Crystal, nothing like it, nothing like it, and and creating an entire world and characters that you've never seen before, and and puppets in a new way. Who's puppets like that before? Maybe Big Bird is probably the closest thing they got to a Skeksis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, of course, yeah, <laughs> of that scale, yes, yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's the one thing I, like, I wanted to know, uh, Morik. I mean, I mean, h- how did you discover the Dark Crystal uh, for the first time? Like, how, how did you came across it? Well, I was probably... Um, the first time I'd ever seen anything Dark Crystal related would have been in one of those Jim Henson documentaries when I was a kid. So I was pretty young when I saw that stuff, like, you know, four or five or six. But then our local video shop had the VHS for rent. So I would get it out all the time. Every week I would get it out. I would just make sure that it was always in my house. I'd just pour over it. I mean, there's so much to see. There's, every time you watch it, there's still more to see. Like when I got the Blu-ray, I was like, wow, there's so much detail that I didn't see on the VHS. <laughs> there's always something to do. Yeah, I, I mean, the, there are always those uh, like big, you know, uh, jumps like going from going from VHS to Blu-ray and, and even so um, going from Blu-ray to 4K just the amount of detail that's in that film and i mean every time watching a film there's always something that i've never noticed before that i'm like oh that's oh wow that's didn't notice that one before like you know whether it's like little creatures in the background or just just the details and the costumes it's yeah pretty pretty incredible stuff yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah and and the same with our series i mean there there was detail in those costumes that no one would ever see but it was all there because I mean, I remember like looking at the um, uh, the making of book, and I think they said something. You know, there was a, a little thing about the Chamberlain and how um, uh, Toby Froud was like, you know, really researching and really finding like all the different um, elements. You know, like the pieces that were needed to you know create to recreate like the sort of the costume uh, for Skeksil. You know, for the Chamberlain. They did such a wonderful job, and. And like there were layers and layers and, and they wouldn't just layer things up. There, there was the detail was still there in the bottom layer of costume. And then four layers out, <laughs> it's still just as beautiful. And and like I love looking at collector's outfit because the collector had all this paraphernalia. She had all the stuff that she had collected over the years. So there was all kinds of weird stuff attached to her back and hanging off of her. With puppeteering, like I mean, how how did you get into puppeteering? Um, you know, with your career and, and just sort of how how it sort of, you know, how you came across, you know, to being part of um, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance? Well, I I mean, I've been puppeteering ever since I was two years old. Uh, I saw The Muppet Show and, and I was hooked. And I knew I was going to do that for the rest of my life. Um, I didn't professionally get into it until I was older, like in my uh, late teens, early 20s. But I had been practicing at home the entire time. So I was just, I was just practicing and practicing and waiting for the big opportunity to come along. <laughs> Um, and then I'd been working in television for a while and this, I mean, it's jumping a few years, but this is how I, this is kind of my beginnings of how I got into the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance is that, uh, Kevin Clash was over in London doing a promotional with Elmo and a friend of mine was directing the show that he was going to be on. So I went down and met him and, uh, he just so happened to need an, an assistant puppeteer the next day. 
so I went and assisted him with Elmo and then I assisted him every time he came to London on his promotional tours and, and you know there I suppose word gets around and I ended up doing a Muppet movie with the Muppet guys um you know in the Furchester Hotel and it kind of flip-flops from one thing to another so when that was being discussed Kevin called me up and said he'd like me to be involved with it and would I help um set up and then help run the audition process so I started uh with the show and and became one of the assistant puppet captains second assistant puppet captain with Dave Chapman who's first assistant puppet captain were you both like really involved I guess you you're really involved with like how you know how you're going to recreate some that you know from the puppets like say with you know with the Skeksis and the Gelflings was that sort of part of the you know the role as a you know as a puppet sort of you know uh, co-captain um, well all of the so the making of the puppets had mostly been done in LA at the at the Henson Creature Shop um you know with Pete Brook and Toby Froud and all and their, their humongous fantastic team over there and so by the time it came to us we were just really getting into performance and the characters all that stuff had been there um, just a lot of rehearsing and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had like early mock-ups of Gelfling and I think we had like Ordon and maybe one of the sisters, or it could have been Mira, mock-ups of those in the in the audition process and a Chamberlain, which was a hand puppet Chamberlain. It wasn't a costume at that point. It was just a head and, uh, and like arms on rods and, and a big shirt, you know, a big uh, silky shirt. It wasn't until we got to the studio that we had the real puppets. And then we just got into, you know, we got into uh, how do they walk and <laughs> all this kind of thing, which is, which is, we take it for granted on any other show that they just bob around. But, you know, they've said it in the documentary and the book and stuff. It's really hard to make a girlfriend look like he's actually walking. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I, I can definitely like, yes, you know, the many challenges like, yeah, when you're so used to, you know, puppeteering those puppets like yeah with, with gelflings you know sort of in yeah in that traditional sense um working with muppets you know you, you like you have the movement down pat so it's sort of was it i guess i mean it must have been like a lot of like relearning a bit not relearning but just you know trying to think of different working with different ways to to make it all work yeah yeah you're right because you, you feel like as a puppeteer who's been around for a while and all of us have you have all that in your toolkit. You you know how to walk. You know how to do eye lines. You've got all that in your toolkit, so you can concentrate just on the characters and the acting. But we were kind of starting from scratch again. We had to throw all that out the door and and say, okay, this is a whole new discipline. Uh, you know, the eye lines are different. The the walking's different. The way they stand is different. The way they shift their weight and and all those kind of things. You watch um, Ria moving around. You know, or Deet or sisters. I, they look like real people. <laughs> and, in those shots of Rhea walking around, my brain still says, is there a person in a costume? <laughs> and there never was. It's Neil. <laughs> because, I mean, that's a sense, like, I know, um, I mean, as Louis said, it's like, you know, you, in that documentary where, you know, you're watching the show and you and you kind of, you know, forget that there are puppets. And that's what it made me feel, you know, I mean, even with the original film, but even more so with Age of Resistance. Um, and I think just especially with the techniques, like, for today, what they're able to do like especially like with with removing the puppeteers as well like that sort of has to be yeah like a huge advantage you know being able to um to do so many things that you couldn't do, you just couldn't do you know back in the 80s like yeah yeah that's right but i mean i don't think there was a lot of puppeteer removal i mean yes the hunter because he has those arms in the back and 
law, of course, we have law and characters like that in the carriage scene. But otherwise, I'm trying to think now. I don't th- think there was that much puppeteer removal. Um, like we we would try to hide ourselves, and I think often we manage to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I mean, really, I mean, really, the big example with removal, I guess, was with, with Law essentially that the, his puppet, the puppeting for that character was, you know, really different than the, the Banruku um, sort of style of puppeteering compared to, yeah, you know, with the Gelflings or, or Skeksis, well, Skeksis, you know, pretty much, you know, being in the body of the, of the, of the characters and um, yeah. moving around that, and all that, that. Yeah. 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 I've never worked in that style before. Where, how we, like how we did law with Dame, Damien was, he was wearing like a, um, a chest plate, uh, and like a harness and then there was a steel um pole coming out of his chest <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah. would hold for him, you know and then he's doing he's, he's operating the head on like a handle from behind with his right hand and he's doing law's left hand i think sometimes with his left but the, and then his feet are, are locked in to these big boots that have steel poles going into law's feet and like it's almost like a torture <laughs> and then Myself and Dave Chapman sometimes would do the arms, and uh, and Lim Robertson Bruce and Claire Roy Harvey would sometimes do the arms. And uh, I mean, that looks so good on screen. Phil Eason was the guy doing the RC for the face. That looks so good on screen. Again, yeah, like Law was just an incredible character. Just you know, that he's just all made from stones and just sort of brought to life in that unique way. And yeah, I definitely love that interview. I think with Brian Froud, how he mentioned about you know that was sort of like a character that I think Jim would have liked to have, you know, has seen it, you know, had in the original film, something like, you know, of that variety, you know, the idea of, you know, everything's living essentially. And um, yeah, that, that was a, such, such a, a big surprise, especially watching the show and not knowing what's going to happen. You know, it was just a, a lot, lot to take in. And that was the thing, like when you got to be, you know, very involved with, you know, with age resistance. So how, how did it all happen for you to, you know, to, to become, you know, the Chamberlain for um, for for the show. Well, that I mean, the, the same way everybody else got their characters, I had to audition. I then run the auditions with uh, Kevin Chapman and, and Lisa was there, Lisa Henson and Louis and Rita Perugi was there. People would come in and out, and uh, you know we we just auditioned the exact same way. Um, and I just I I I mean, of course, I wanted to be the Chamberlain. Uh, he he was the most memorable character for me in the movie and a uh, character i mean it's just fantastic it, well, everybody knows how fantastic it is and i you know it always stuck out in my head and probably other people's because of the that movement you, you can't forget like that's such a good thing to do who thinks to do stuff like that you know with the oh the yeah head, with the, the movement with the head movement yes yeah and and the slow turns and the twisting and the and all that kind of thing it's so inspiring it's fantastic and so to have the opportunity to try and and do that for real i i just i loved it that, that that's awesome yeah and um i mean that that was the thing like i really loved about the chamberlain like in this show was um because i mean you know in the original film he was sort of not a weak character but because you know he got banished and he still had to try and prove himself again whereas in this one i mean he's sort of in that same boat but He's sort of, you know, being able to manipulate people, the Skeksis, yeah. and, and trying yeah, to make deals that. with the Grunax. You know, very mischievous and, you know, very sort of calculating in his moves. Yeah. So He's so evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And and uh, so everything everything he does is so that he can get one up on someone or he can get uh, further ahead for himself. You know, performing like with the Chamberlain, you know, from bodysuit, and then compared to, um, you know, performing like you know the Gelflings, um, you know, with the traditional, you know, the traditional sort of puppeteering was performing doing the body suits of performing you know being in the costume like for the chamberlain was that was that a lot challenging yes that i mean that they are it's funny because it really it's really challenging it's in it, it's incredibly physically challenging to do a skexes um but then you the bars out of because you know we're watching the monitor the whole time so we're, we're actually just watching what we're doing on tv so you get such a buzz a rush of adrenaline because you know when you get it right you're like yeah yeah this looks great this looks like the movie this is fantastic um i mean really hot really sweaty (laughs) and then and you're just putting you're putting the pressure on yourself because you don't want to mess up you want it to be the best it can possibly be you you know so many things at once you're watching the monitor which has uh two cameras that are up in the ceiling uh so so that you know you're not going to fall off the set and then and so on that little five-inch monitor, I have it split in four. Two of those pictures are from the ceiling, a bird's eye view, so that I don't fall down a hole or walk off the set. Two of the cameras are A cam and B cam, which is Louis, our director, and Eric on the second camera. And they're constantly moving. So you're always trying to make the picture also look pretty, and you don't want to hit the puppet from the wrong angle, because I don't think that the Chamberlain looks fantastic from every angle. There are certain angles where he just he looks so good. And then sometimes maybe you shoot him from the left and from below and he doesn't look so good. <laughs> so you're always trying to ride that and make it look the best it can possibly be and keep all the mannerisms in there. And, and we're also given a vocal performance and the acting. So it's just a lot to take on board. But then for me, actually, put doing a, doing a Gelfling was much more scary. Because <laughs> inside the Chamberlain, actually, I'm hidden. I'm completely hidden from everybody <laughs> yeah yeah so it's easy a lot lot easier to hide yeah, yeah compared to i know to, that nobody's looking to the, so the gelflings yeah but then doing a gelfling i know people can just look at me and say what are you doing why are you doing it like that <laughs> you know throughout the whole shoot you know with the ch- with the chamberlain and 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 even as you know i mean because i mean that was the thing you, you you played um you probably played many characters like um with with some of the gelflings but i think one that's been probably a, a bit of a fan favorite is um of course freckles um <laughs> which i mean it, it was it was so surprising just like um i don't know were you surprised like just how how bit of a fan favorite that um that the redhead paladin um would be for the show yes and no and these yeah. are the, um as soon as i picked up that puppet i was like wow this is a handsome puppet this looks this puppet looks good yeah <laughs> because you know like yeah. we've our puppets and and often we didn't know what they would look like until we were given them and and when i saw him i was like wow he, he's this is a great looking puppet this is really successful uh, design and mold and the paint job's great his eyes are so good you know he's got the, that cool hair red hair so i knew that like to the eye the design is great but that was just like that's what just what i thought and i was always trying to convince people about it <laughs> and louis would say well you're in love with your puppet <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, I was just convincing everybody, look, this is, look at this, this is a great puppet. Don't you think this is a great puppet? Don't you think he's handsome? <laughs> he's like, yeah, and, so uh, let's move along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So I do get it that people, they're like, well, 
like what's up with that guy? He doesn't do much, but he's kind of he's always around. <laughs> he has he has important lines sometimes, so I do get it. I think it's great, and and I love the the I call him Freckles on set because the the um the ritual master I think right? called, him yeah, called him that yeah 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 I mean that, that was the thing like yeah I, I love and also yeah the fact that he doesn't have a name and it's like I'm I'm still curious what his name is and yeah I, I hope I, I hope someday I mean if it you know if a season two happens I, I certainly hope he he gets a name so I I can't wait to sort of find out what, what that, that'll be if that'll um happen that's for sure yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and also so i asked jeff the writer jeff addis um in Luka, which clan is he from and he said that he thinks he's a sifa but then the book says he's a vapra so i don't know if he's yeah. oh yeah he, yeah because uh, I, I was yeah because i was actually like looking up on um i know there's a dark crystal wiki um you know fan made one of those um wikipedia um entries i think from uh, i think it's a fandom I think what they call him now these days, but yeah, it, it did describe like him, yeah, as as a seifer as well. So, um, whether that's been canonized, I mean, I guess you know Onika, um, who's another Gelfling, and she has red hair. So I think that's, I guess it's probably the red hair that probably makes the the connection that um, that he's a seifer. Yeah, he's got that skin too. So I will find, hopefully we'll find out one day. And. Uh... I was lucky because I got to do the voice too. And I never expected to do the voice of any of these characters. I thought maybe possibly we'd do some sounds that you wouldn't really be able to hear anyway, or some creature sounds. But I, I never in a million years think I'd be the voice of my own Gelfling. That was like winning the lottery for me. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, how, how did you come up with his voice? Like, was it was, was like, was that something that took a bit of time, you know, like were you like, you know, try, you know, testing, testing it out like you know while filming and then you know when you got to post-production you sort of uh got it down pat or, or was it always there from the get-go it's you know this is the most boring answer i just yeah. i just did my <laughs> and i tried to i don't know, probably make him sound slightly posher than i am and um so lou would say like well what are you doing with the voice <laughs> like you're just doing your own voice but i was just in my opinion i was just laying down a guide for somebody else to, to do whatever they wanted with it. So I wasn't going to make it complicated. I was just going to put the, a basic guide so that the voice actor could then come in and really have their fun with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I never thought that I'd end up doing the voice. So it's just a slightly posher version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, love it. I, I, I mean, I'm so with that. Yeah, yeah, and I, like that was a for, for me. Like I think when, I, when I've been doing all these episode recap shows, and I, I, I like even I was trying to think about like you know with his presence, and I think he's and I think I reckon a part of it, you know, with, also with the puppeteering, but also I think the voice, because he the voice is very different, I guess, compared to some of the other Galfling characters. Yeah. Like, and I, I think that's just because I'm not, I'm just doing me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just doing you. Yeah, yeah, and I think. Uh, like like for me i'm just like well that that's a standout i think more than any like yeah yeah with with the red-haired paladin so um but yeah yeah so no no it's just so cool it, it, it is so cool that you know being able to um you have moments where you get to to puppeteer and do the voice to sort of you know yeah, yeah oh, it's so, so cool. good yeah yeah so proud of it i'm i'm really i'm so proud i, I just can't believe that that, that that happened and i also got to voice my podling the male podling servant 
Um, oh yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, from episode, from episode two, um, or is it different? Show, I think they show up in episode one. They're, they're the yeah. they're the podlings who are pushing along the the car, the food car. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh like yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and, uh, I was thinking of Olga's servant um, at the, for for a second, but yeah, sorry, I, so yeah, that, yeah. But that's Neil Sterenberg, and that's his that's his uh, podling, uh, but Louise. And I, we have our podling servants, the Skeksis podling servants, and they mostly push their trolley around. Yeah, push your trolleys. Yeah, yeah, get you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that scene in episode one, with the, that's when we first meet Rian and Rian and Mira, food from their trolley. That's the first thing we shot. And, and I mean, what, what was it like? I mean, you know, being on the set, I mean, I guess especially for the first day, you know, wherever, you know, as a podling servant or even as a chamberlain, like, that must have been just a surreal experience, like just being part of these sets that you sort of seen from the movies, like especially the cast of the crystal and all these things that just got recreated for the show. Must have been pretty incredible, yeah, during during that time. Yeah, I mean, we were in the hallways of the of the castle of the crystal, um, with that those two podlings and the two gelfling, Mira and Rianne, and that's Helena, me and Neil, and uh, and Louise and I are on the podlings, and then the entire team, the entire core cast were there assisting you know doing the eyes of, of rian or mira or the uh, the modelings or the right hand or the left hand or the food that's being taken so the entire team was where everybody was supporting each other in that and and we hadn't figured out the heights yet so we're all kind of i was actually on a on one knee <laughs> doing that i had my arm right up above my head and i was down on one knee <laughs> and we were just figuring we hadn't worked with cameras that were moving you know, steady cans and cameras that move around and and trolleys that's that coming on on wheels and then mirror comes around the corner, Rian appears and they're running. We just none of us had really done that before, so it was completely. Yeah, I mean, because I mean that that's the thing. Like you know, we, we you know with most like you know with the puppet shows that uh, most cameras are pretty you know like on tripods or just very limited movements. So that that must have just added just a whole another level of you know challenges to sort of you know making sure you get all the positions right you know and all that kind of stuff yeah it's a whole new discipline and 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 we did get get used to it but i'm not sure if like mastered it because it's such a vast thing and it's constantly changing you're constantly in a new place you're constantly uh you, you know new people around you and it, i'm not sure if you'd ever actually get used to it but i, I think we did our best <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah and it, it looked pretty good <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah i mean again it was a such an incredible show and just couldn't take my eyes off it like there was so much that was going on like what was sort of the most sort of challenging scenes that you had to perform like you know as the chamberlain or even as as the redhead paladin I'd, I'd love to know sort of yeah if it was sort of um moments that was sort of challenging like whether for example i don't know whether like the battle scene or the um or, or even like I, I heard about the carriage scene being initially being a very sort of challenging you know days especially yeah yeah well the, i mean with the redhead paladin they weren't very challenging scenes uh, the, you know he only really has maybe three chunky scenes where he takes the ormordra to landstrider who's who's been who's got the darkening um or then we have like him and tavra in the cage in the scientist lab i really like that scene because you know he tells he tells tavra that her mother's died it's really touching and and quiet it's it's one of my favorite scenes um 
and then there's the scene where he tells all of the the, the guards about the girlfriend. For me, the, the pressure was on because I just didn't want to get that wrong. And I yeah, wasn't the dream first really. of me. Yeah, yeah. And I, did, I wasn't confident really in a in in doing it because I hadn't done it much. With the girlfriend, I was. I, he's really my only girlfriend character. I did stand in for other people at times, but mostly he, he, he's my only girlfriend character. And because I was one of the puppet captains, I'd be running from you know A unit to B unit and then back to the puppet captain office to do scheduling and figure some other stuff out, logistic stuff, and then back to A unit, unit and then there'll be pickups and, and the detailed stuff happening on B unit and then at, at one time we had a third visual effects unit running so you try and try and be all over that and making sure that all the puppeteers and all those units are happy and they're and they're okay and they know what's happening and every, everything's running smoothly so so I didn't get much chance to play with Gelfling and when it when I did I had, I had a with so that it was the pressure of that for me which was hard um with the chain you know that it, it's a hard thing to do, but I especially hard. I don't know which scene was especially hard. The, the battle scene was hard because it was long. It kept, like, it would go away, and then a week later we'd come back to it, and then it would go away, and then we'd come back to it. <laughs> and there, yeah. was, you know, there <laughs> yeah. were firing soil up into the air, so you couldn't see, or there was soil go, going into your costume and stuff, running down your back. <laughs> and there's yeah, smoke so, <laughs> yeah. blowing, and there's holes everywhere in the set. And there's a lot of people out there because I mean, you have uh, how many skexes do we have now? I can't even remember. There, yeah, there I, are think, I think yeah, was like, I think there was eight, eight of them on the show. Or right, so that's so that's eight. There are three people per skexes. Then there's all the girlfling, and that's two or three people per per girlfling. That's a lot of people to be in one space and and, and kind of all be doing the right thing at the right time. It's a lot. it's, yes, it's yeah. a big dance routine <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 just the choreography aspect to it yeah and that's hard enough and then you add cannons with soil bags and bags of soil and and fans with dust you know all that kind of stuff and moving cameras so so that they they were they were hard for me the hardest stuff i found was like there's a scene where the chamberlain's walking around the balconies of the castle of the crystal and he he finds the gormon who's uh urinating upside of the wall oh yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah now to walk around that that uh, balcony and deliver all those lines and look in the right place at the right time that's uh, tricky that's really tricky whereas in lots of those other scenes you, you maybe don't cover as much distance so so i'm in the chamberlain you know and, and cat smee is, is my assistant puppeteer on the chamberlain she's doing the other hand and like just holding on to me and helping me get in the right place and helping me keep on track to where I need to be. And and then we have Don Austin who did the RC of the face, the eyes and, you know, the snarls and the beaks and stuff. So we're all trying to keep in contact. And and uh, that, that was just hard for my brain to keep all of that in, you know, all of that information. And then you have to walk all this distance. And by the way, the cameras are moving. Yeah, on top of that, yeah. <laughs> the carriage scene, I mean, again, that, that was one that went on for a long time. Um, but we were... I was stood up or sat down and we were in the carriage. So, I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty compact and uh, you don't have to go in, <laughs> but the whole thing's shaking. The carriage prop is, is on a, uh, a rig and it's shaking like, like, a, like it's an earthquake. <laughs> so you get seasick. You just been, you just down and left and right and up and down and there's not really a rhythm to it. So it's, you can't get used to it. 
Um, yeah, yeah. But I think- I, I, and so it's and, and and I think there was like that one shot, you know, when um, you know, when the wheels come off, and then you you know you see um, you know the you know the the carriage sort of seem like going in circles and um yeah, um, yeah well, but obviously that was sort of a camera kind of thing that's doing doing those kind of tricks yeah yeah so louis was spinning the camera around like maybe to the right and then i was i was just had the chamberlain up in the arms up in the air and yes, throwing myself yeah, yeah. There. right i was literally throwing myself around in there for at the walls and stuff and screaming it was like there was a, a murder going on inside the carriage at that point because we were shouting and, was, and Louis saying left and right and up and down. It looks really good. It looks like the thing's spinning, doesn't it? It's so cool. But I think my um, the hardest thing for me, you know, in in the carriage was I, I filled in for Victor for a day on the Ritual Master. You know, Victor Yeri does, does the Ritual Master. And he was in the carriage. I think he's in there with the general and Law is chasing them. Law is coming up on them. And boy, that is a heavy puppet. That is hard. That was a killer for me. So, uh, so that that was probably the hardest thing for me. Uh, being in the I wasn't in, in the to, body, you know, in, yeah, performing the, the ritual master, yeah, yeah, because your muscles get used to performing your own puppet. So then, when you change into some someone else's puppet, and especially into a skex, is yeah, it's really so, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just with the extra added weight. Um, yeah, they they just all vary. Like you know, even though you think they're all sort of you know very you know the same same, but yeah, once you go inside, yeah, there's there's always something a bit bit different that you just sort of yeah got to get used to. Yeah, yeah, and and you know his neck is uh it's so open because of his big collar, his big red collar. You really get that neck in the middle, otherwise it shows. It shows they're slightly off, so it's really it's a tricky tricky thing to do. And I guess, you know, that's one of the things about the show. Um, like, I remember, like, seeing a lot in the behind the scenes that, you know, a lot of the show was, it seemed to be pretty much, um, like, all interiors or, or on set, uh, you know, in, inside studio stages and whatnot. And I know, like, in the original film, The Dark Crystal, that there was, um, you know, there, there were quite a few scenes that were shot, um, like, exterior. Was there, any, was there anything like that, like, with the show? Was there any, like, scenes that were actually, you know, shot outside you know the studio studio stages yeah yeah well actually the the carriage scene they went and shot in in the woods for the exteriors of that so when you see the carriage firing through the woods that is those guys running through the woods um the only other location shot we did like an outdoors shot was celadon setting the ormordra on fire and we did that on the back lot of the studio that's helena's me with celadon and uh and I had the hand with the torch that had to set the Ormordra light. So we did that late at night one night with a pretty small crew. That was quite exciting to see her go up in flames. Oh yeah, yeah, and just um, just the emotional weight of that scene, just sort of, you know, just yeah, must have yeah been worthwhile. Just you know, to, just doing it outside compared to in in studio. I, I I guess I probably I mean I was just thinking you know why that might have been the case, but I think a good part of it is probably also with with the flames as well because you couldn't probably do yeah, do a lot exactly. of that inside inside the studio uh, stage. So I think yeah, yeah. I could. I mean, we have we had those campfires and stuff, but and they were controlled fires. I yes, suppose yeah. they didn't know how much you might go up in flames. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And um, in fact, another fact. Sorry, I was going to say another interesting fact is that um, there are no human body parts in the show. 
they're they are it's all puppets and, and some cg and we didn't want to have any you know there are no humans in the show no but no actually the podling band some of the members of the podling band have human fingers oh wow <laughs> the, maybe it's the 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 flute players or something like that you know one has a recorder or some bagpipes maybe and we, we you know we wanted the fingers to be able to play these instruments so we actually painted uh, Lewis McCabe and Lim Roberts and Bruce's fingers and wrap them up in in the podling clothing so that, that they could really play those instruments <laughs> so if you if you really watch carefully you might see some human fingers but I mean they're painted the same color as the podlings <laughs> okay well uh, well yeah well that that that's that is a pretty incredible um yeah so you know almost like you know I guess you know the hands like sort of um similar I guess you know to the Swedish chef in a way you know how you know using human hands that are sort of performing, you know, the hand movements, that sort of thing, and um, that, that because was, the only yeah. that the only puppet that was like like that in the show is what was Augra and the Grunax. They they were what we call live hand puppets. You know, someone's right hand is in the head, and then human hands are in gloves, and they only had podling hands that were rodded hands, really small rod puppet hands. So um, I suppose they didn't have time to sculpt new hands, and it would look weird to have such big hands podling. So we just painted tiny little fingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I was just thinking, like you know, with, with podlings, they usually have like three. I think they usually just have um three fingers. Um, yeah. So right. that that'd be a little yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like after so I'd have to rewatch. I mean, my, in particular, probably episode four. Um, when all the with all the podlings are parting. Pod- yeah, yeah. So after. <laughs> yeah. And and the pinky was wrapped up in the in the sleeve. So you only see the three fingers and the thumb. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, that is so awesome. Yeah. I mean, besides, you know, doing, you know, the, you know, the Gelflings and, and, and also the Chamberlain, like, was there sort of like any other um, roles that you sort of, you know, got, got a chance to, to be a part of like with the show? Yeah. Well, actually that, that was a really cool thing. We're on B unit, which is the second unit. And that's deals with close up detail shots. I got to get Gartham. And oh, okay. yeah, yeah. it's the original, one of the original Garfield costumes from the movie. So it had a sticker on the head. And I think it said Amiel, you know, Jean-Pierre Amiel, who is a Swiss performer who was on the movie uh, in 1950. And that was so cool just to look inside the, the head and see that sticker, you know, the Henson sticker from the old workshop. And uh, so we got, got inside there and, uh, and we did the close-up work and the thrashing around. I didn't think that would happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so so was that was that from like the um uh, from Deed's vision, like those shots of the Gotham that that was yourself and because I know I think there was another puppeteer. Was it Daniel who also performed the Gotham as well, like in the final episode? I think. Yeah, a guy called Dan did the the final one. Uh, the one yeah, I did gotcha. With yeah. Deed's vision. Ah, oh, okay, cool, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that must have been yeah so cool, and and I guess like was that even more challenging? I guess with Gotham because I've always heard stories about that, you know, the the weight of being inside the Gotham is you know really heavy, and I think yeah back in the day you know you'd have to you know once you you know the take was done that you'd have to almost like you know have to rest on a rack just so you can. Yeah. Um, well, I yeah. actually had two other puppeteers in there with me helping me. All <laughs> oh, right, so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Luckily. We, we we kind of shared the weight. They were they were on the arms and I was in the head and, and holding the body up. So it was a group effort. 
and and everything is a group effort in the, on this show. Everything's always a group effort. Um, I suppose apart from a fizz gig, <laughs> and I got to do a lot. Of, I got to do um, Baffy when Dave wasn't around, and I did a few other of the fizz gigs. I actually got to voice one of the fizz gigs. <laughs> oh, that's so cool! Yeah, yeah. And it went off. I think it went off. To the Skywalker yeah, sound. Oh, doing all the voices yeah oh nice they're so cool like and because i mean fizz gig must be i mean because that is really just pretty much just hand puppet essentially like with a bit of a bit of remote control like with some things or or is it all no it's just it's it's a hand hand puppet yeah 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 it's a hand puppet with the tail is on a rock and the the feet just you know you just put them on the your fingertips (laughs) it's probably yeah yeah the most simple puppet on the entire show yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah compared to all the the many characters that were um yeah on the, on the dark age of resistance yeah for certain i was just trying to think of like you know other cool cool things that i noticed when i watched it and uh, you know the banquet scene which we love yeah 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 um yeah, there's a bit where the chamberlain's he's chomping away on something and uh he spits out an eyeball yeah so, yeah yeah and then it, it drops on the floor and this creature comes from under the, the, the dinner table and grabs it and flips under. And it's so cool in, in you know, TV and movies that I, I was in the Chamberlain. I was doing the Chamberlain, but I was also doing that creature that comes from under the tablecloth and, uh, mm-hmm. and grabs the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and and, you, and you kind of think, well, how do you do both of those? But obviously one was, you know, one was on, on the main unit in a big scene and the other one was just a quick cutaway on B unit, which was probably weeks later. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, that was the thing, like, I mean, you know, we're doing this show, um, like, was there any, like, sort of scenes, you know, that you played, like, for example, as the Chamberlain that sort of um, didn't make it, you know, uh, that didn't make it to, to the final result? Like, were there any, like, sort of deleted, you know, scenes that got cut out from, from the show? Or was pretty much everything was sort of laid out as it was, you know, from from filming to what you saw at the end, of, you know, with all the episodes of the show? I think everything was used. Uh, you know, it's really hard to remember because we did so much. We did so. It seems like everything was used. Um, some of the scenes were cut down, obviously for time. So, so you'd, you'd sometimes remember, oh, there was more dialogue in that scene. But I think everything was used. I'm pretty sure it was. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you know the, the extent of puppeteering that. Yeah, you know, everything had to be core you know choreographed and um that pretty much yeah would pretty much i i would yeah imagine yeah most of it was you know is what it is essentially yeah so no which is really awesome yeah it's probably too expensive to be able to like cut a whole scene because it takes so much yeah time. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> and, and just like ever like i've said it i know i've said it so many times but everybody was so busy everybody was always working so hard and so busy um, like th- there was just never any downtime that, uh, especially for, for the puppet captains, we- we'd be just running around. We'd be like some of the first people in, in the morning. And then, and Dave Chapman and I, especially would we'd leave, like we'd, after we shoot, we'd do the scheduling and stuff for the next couple of days. And, and, you know, the next couple of weeks even, and, you know, when do we rehearse this and, and who's going to do this part and, and who's going to be on a unit and B unit. And, um, and we'd be the last people out. Uh, the only person left in the building often was Louis, who would be upstairs editing until God knows what time. Yeah. 
yeah no he, he yeah he, he just seems so busy like yeah directing and doing the camera and yeah a, lo- a lot of roles that he sort of had yeah with the show is um yeah i mean yeah, you, yeah. It, it's amazing that the amount of work he did is just absolutely amazing and and uh if you would if you would ask me can someone do that that much work i'd be like no way <laughs> but he did it so gracefully and and he he had such a vision for it you need that vision you need one man's or what woman's say so you, you know he kept it all in line and that's why it's so good yeah absolutely yeah just yeah just having yeah just having the one director i mean which is really i mean that was, i mean that was really rare in, in in tv like i mean especially with dark crystal you know have one you know one person you know spearheading the whole thing uh for show like age of resistance and yeah he, he just put it off just wonderfully um yeah and he's just interested you know like he's interested in all, all the detail of things and and the who's doing what and 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 how will that work and you know he's he's so into it you know do, doing you know being part of the you know being part of the show i guess from the get-go and then from finally being able to you know to watch like you know the show for the first time like what, what was sort of running through your head like just um you know seeing sort of the final product like for for the show yeah i just felt so proud and and seeing it polished and on the air i just thought wow that all that hard work and everybody's time and dedication and you know sweat and tears <laughs> it all pays off it's so worth it it's just fantastic and and people seem to love it and and I, yeah it's had such a good reception we're, we're all so proud of it yeah it's um again you know i mean I always keep saying yes yeah, it was just such an incredible show and um and I, i'm like i'm really i'm looking forward to what the future brings and um yeah definitely sort of still have our fingers crossed for a season two if it happens so um yeah but even if it doesn't you know, it still it still holds up really well and i think you know people are going to be watching the show for many more years to come i mean much like you know most of us you know a lot of us did you know watching the original film as well so um yeah yeah and, and that's the beauty of it being like it's out there now and it will stay it's you know words that stay pictures these are pictures yeah. that stay, stories <laughs> that they'll be there forever which is so cool and like so many people put i mean the people are so dedicated yeah i need to give a shout out to all the puppeteers because you know, there's kevin clash and dave chapman neil sterenberg alice denine and victor yeri and they came from the states to do this they spent all their time here in in london um we have helena smee and cat smee and, and uh, damien farrell holly taylor becky henderson and louise gold who came back she did the movie yes yeah i mean like, yeah she performed the the gourmand um isn't that amazing yeah, yeah which is cool yeah and and then like we had we had such an amazing group of support we had lots of assistant puppeteers we had you know you, you look at a scene and just next time you, you're watching one of those scenes pause it and, and count all the puppets and then think there's two probably three puppeteers to each character there are so many people just working tirelessly to, to, to make every little every frame look good if it, i mean look, look at the scientist lab and count the creatures in the cages yeah, <laughs> i know that i know that just so many things you can just you know rewatch. You know, even even you know, the little moments and just sort of you know really picking apart and um it's yeah again yeah just just so cool like with all the details that were just on the show that you yeah yeah, you, I mean, because you, you would just never, the Nurlock, for instance, you'd never know. The Nurlock has, it's around nine puppeteers on that. There's there's Dave Chapman's on the front, like the head area. 
driving the movement, I'm in the middle, like kind of holding the weight of the of the creature. Then we had Lewis McCabe or Joe Greco would be on the tail end of it, always, uh, you know, freshening the tail around, hilariously freshening it around and <laughs> making me laugh because it's such a ridiculous job. And they'd often fall over because of the weight of the entire puppet. Then you've got like someone on the mouth, which is a humongous lever. Um, you've got somebody on the eyes, you know, all these eyes that are on the side of it. That's another lever. You have uh, the front eyes are on a separate lever. You have the inside the mouth. There's another small mouth that's the remote control mouth. And then you have those front eyes, which are remote controlled. And then you have two people and they're, they're, they've got these wires that are going up to the ceiling and coming back down to, to the Nurlocks back. And they're holding the weight of it to keep it up in the air. That's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One. And, and all those people are in sync. You know, and, and like the Pluffum, yeah. The Pluffum is um, myself on the, the head and the body movement. And then Victor Yerrod's on the arms and the legs. And Dave Chapman's on the remote control mouth and eyebrow and stuff. And then somebody else, Cameron, is actually doing the voice, I think, in the, in the final piece. That, I mean... It's so cool that we can do that and we can get all these teams of people together to bring these creatures to life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just made me think about the, with the platforms. I'm just like, just hadn't realized until I'm now, but I'm just like, there hasn't been any merchandise for um, the platform. Like, oh, yeah. we need, I know it's like, we need to get that. We need, we need to get some platforms happening, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, just <laughs> everything just about the show was just, yeah. So incredible. And, and um, yeah, again, you know, thank you so much for, you know, to talking about your experiences, like with working on the show and, um, you know, with your puppeteering and, 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 and everything, it was just such an incredible show. So, um, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show and I'd like to know, um, like how can, um, any of the listeners of the show can, you know, find out more about your work and, or where they can, yeah, find you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can find me on Instagram or on Twitter and I'm at Warwick BP. Um, I have a website, www brownlow-pike.co.uk i have a youtube channel all, all under my name <laughs> yes yeah yeah cool so yeah just just google your name and but I'll, I'll also um i'll also put those uh links in the show notes um so so people can to can check out all your work and just you know all all the amazing things that you've done like you know from from sesame street and to the dark crystal it's um yeah pretty 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 incredible times so yeah again thank you so much for being on the show warwick Ah, uh, thanks so much for having me. I've really had a good time. Thanks, Philip. Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast, is a production of Three Point Edit. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook, follow on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. If you'd like to know more about the podcast, visit our website at www.darkcrystalpodcast.com. Thank you so much and stay tuned for the next episode of Trial by Stone.